Christ is the central theme of Scripture. It's all oriented around Jesus. He is there in the beginning, in the middle, and at the end. Welcome to the Awakening Podcast. On today's episode, Pastor Jordan teaches on Jesus, the true and better, and how all of the scriptures exist to bring us to a recognition of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Let's receive the word together. We are uh, in a series on Jesus, examining the life, the times, the ministry of Jesus. And the goal of this series is that we would evaluate our life, our times, and our ministry in light of him. Jesus lived the ultimate life, and he showed us how to live. So we've examined all these different aspects, and we're just getting started. We looked at how Jesus is the Son of God, how he's the light of the world, how he's born king. We looked at how Jesus is a, a, a healer and how he's a servant, he's a redeemer. And, and today, I want to speak to you from the idea, Jesus, the true and better. Jesus, the true and better. We're going to begin in the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 10, and we're going to take a look at this incredible picture that the writer of Hebrews provides of Jesus. Hebrews chapter 10, we're gonna go to verse one, then jump to verse five. Hebrews 10, one, then five through seven. Hebrews 10 says this, for since the law has but a shadow of the good things to come, Instead of these true form of uh, instead of the true form of these realities, it can never, by the same sacrifices that are continually offered every year, make perfect those who draw near. This is speaking about the Old Testament, the law of Moses, that it is but a shadow of the good things, the reality that is to come. Then verse five, it tells us this, but consequently, when Christ came into the world, he said, sacrifices and offerings you have not desired, but a body you have prepared for me. In burnt offerings, in sin offerings, you've taken no pleasure. Then I said, this is Jesus speaking, behold, I have come to do your will, O God, as it is written of me in the scroll of the book. Behold, I have come to do your will, O God, as it is written of me in the scroll of the book. Today, I want to talk to you from the idea of how to see the Savior in all of Scripture. Because Christ is the central theme of Scripture. It's all oriented around Jesus. He is there in the beginning, in the middle, and at the end. He is the one that our forefathers looked for, waited for, expected for. It's like Jesus is like, like Joseph's dream where he stands in the middle and the brothers on all sides bowed to him. Jesus is the one that stands in the middle of creation and all of heaven and all of earth and all things under the earth will bow to him. He is the crux of God's creation. The fullness of the revelation of God is found through Jesus. He is our all in all. And the scriptures exist to bring us to a recognition of Jesus Christ as Lord and as Savior. This is the reason and reality of the Word of God to show you Jesus. Our goal 
is to see Jesus. At Awakening Church, we want to see Jesus. My parents are, are with us today, Pastor Steve and Nancy, and they've been working in, in all of our campuses, but they're back home today. But every Sunday, my mom watches the sermon and sends me her sermon off my sermon, you know, all the stuff I missed. But then, <laughs> the true and better sermon. <laughs> and, uh, but then she keeps telling me uh, this phrase. She keeps saying, let me tell you, Jordan, you're going to get what you asked for. You know, when I was a kid, that was a, that was a threat. But today, <laughs> it's an encouragement. She says, you're going to get what you asked for. You know why? Because we're asking for Jesus. As a church, we're asking for Jesus. Our desire is Jesus. Our hope is Jesus. We are looking for Jesus. You have to understand in Scripture, more than sound doctrine, more than wisdom, more than encouragement and inspiration, all of Scripture is there to give us a revelation of the risen King. It's there to show us Jesus. This is why Paul says, I've determined to know nothing except for one thing, Jesus Christ and him crucified. All the wisdom is good. All the stories are good. All the miracles are good. All the testimonies are good. But there is one thing that will lead us to the saving power, and it is Jesus Christ and him crucified. And so today I want to speak to you about Jesus, the true and better. Let's pray. Lord, right now we open our hearts and our minds. God, no other distractions only the Holy Spirit. God, we desire to have your mind and have your heart. And I thank you, God, today that we come open and expectant, God. Thank you that this church is hungry for the word. God, I thank you that this church desires to be renewed and revived. I thank you, God, that we are your children and shame has no place here. And even doubt and fear have no place here. But the Holy Spirit comes to bring salvation, boldness, and rescue. So, Lord, come and speak to your people. In Jesus' name, come on, all God's people said. Amen. 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 Jesus is the true and better. All of Scripture points to the Savior. It's, it's, it's the, it is the narrative from beginning to end of the Bible. And this is why Jesus says in the book of Hebrews, it is written of me. Without the word, there is no awakening to Christ. This reveals me, shows me. And this is fundamental to the framework of your faith, that you have to have this revelation. You have to understand what the word is all about, that it's all pointing to Jesus. And, and this is why I'm speaking about this, because as we continue on in this series, we're, we are going to, we're going to look very closely at the life and ministry of Jesus, but you have to understand, it's not just the Gospels that are about Jesus. All of Scripture points us to Jesus, and we have to have this in the framework of our mind and in in the fundamental understanding of how we approach God. It is through the Son of God, through Jesus. And this is why John, when he was beginning to write his Gospel, begins in the beginning. He says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and He was with Him in the beginning, and all things that were made, they were not made without Him. 
And he was the light that God spoke into the darkness. And the darkness could not overcome it. And so God sent a messenger named John. But John said, the one that comes after me is greater than me because he came before me. He was there before Abraham. He was there before Moses. He is the one that was there in creation. All of creation speaks to Christ. And if you are going to understand him, you have to see him in all of scripture. Dr. Peterson talks about how the Bible is a, a hyperlinked text, that the only way you can read scripture is by scripture. And all of scripture refers to everything else within scripture. Someone visualized this concept of cross-references and it looks like this. Every color on this graph represents a book in the Bible. And you can see that there is an overarching connection from Genesis to Revelation. You can't read the Gospels if you don't know the Psalms. Look, look, at, look, at, look at the book of Genesis, how it begins in the beginning, and look how far the arches go. Look at the book of the Psalms. The Psalms contain prophecies amidst their praises. And the Psalms go all the way back to the beginning, and they go all the way to the end. In fact, during the crucifixion, Jesus quoted the Psalms multiple times. So you can't understand the crucifixion unless you know the Psalms. Look at the book of Revelation. Revelation, though it is the very last, it links back to the very first. You cannot see what scripture is all about unless you receive the revelation of God, of Jesus, through all of scripture. Hear me, the work of the Holy Spirit is to reveal the shadow of the Savior, showing himself through saints and sinners in all of scripture. Saints and sinners. Because Jesus doesn't just show himself through the perfect. If he did, it'd only be one man. No, he shows himself like a shadow. He shows himself like a type. And this is what he does all through the beginning books of the Bible and the different characters and different stories. Yes, they exist, but also they show something. They reveal something about God. Their shadow reveals Jesus. It's almost like, you know, Peter Pan had a shadow that was independent of his body. It's a little bit like that, that you see the person, you see Abraham, you see Isaac, you see Jacob, you, you see the people, but yet there's a shadow that kind of has its own idea of what should be going on. That's Jesus. And it's just a dim preview, like a faded light, like looking through a looking glass. And, and it was all that they had to hope for. But we, through the power of the Holy Spirit, We've got the real thing. What our forefathers hoped for, what our ancestors prayed for, what the whole earth yearned for, we get the divine revelation of Jesus Christ in his fullness and in his grace and in his glory, in his reality. And when you recognize this reality that all of scripture is about the Savior, it shifts you from study mode to search mode. This will change how you approach God. It will certainly change how you read the Bible. If you feel like, oh, this is boring and I don't get it, you're reading it wrong. You gotta look for Jesus in it. And all of a sudden you'll figure out that there's the pearls of great price that are hidden in all of these stories. And even the weird stuff that you didn't understand, God will show you, it's because it wasn't about what was happening then, it was what's going, about what's going to happen. 
And, and you begin to see Christ working through the shadows. You begin to search the scriptures to find the Savior. It becomes the world's greatest Where's Waldo book. <laughs> Genesis to Revelation. And, and this, is, this, is a, this is a mind shift that begins to happen. And this is what Jesus speaks about to the Pharisees. He says this. He says, you search the scriptures because you think they give you eternal life, but the scriptures point to me. He says, you're looking for the wrong thing. You're deifying the text and you're missing in the text, the deity. You are missing the purpose of the law. The law leads to me. He is greater than the law. He fulfills the law and he shows them that if you search the scripture, you've got to be looking for the one that scripture is all about. It's all about Jesus. He is the only one that can open our eyes. He is the only one that can lead us to life. He is the only one that can be our rescuer and our redeemer. It's all about Jesus. The miracles are good, but secondary. The testimonies are good, but secondary. The characters are good. The kings are good. The prophets and priests are good, but secondary. Our church is good, but secondary. Your life is good, but secondary. It's all about Jesus. Amen. And the scriptures show the way. They show the way to him. The world would want to come and say, but there's other ways. You don't have to go through the door. You can go over the wall. You can go through a window. You can find another way in. There are other paths to enlightenment, other philosophies you can try, other substances and shortcuts. There are other ways to awakening. There is other ways to revelation. There are other ways to encouragement and enlightenment. But Jesus makes it very clear. He says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. There is only one road to God, and it is through the Son. And there's only one way to see the Son, and it's through Scripture. Jesus tells some disciples about this when he's on the way. He reveals the way on the way. These disciples are walking a path away from Jerusalem towards the road to Emmaus. Three days after the crucifixion, they're down. They're hopeless, they're confused, they're distraught, and they're walking along, and all of the sudden, the risen Savior shows up. Jesus himself comes to them. The Bible says, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. They were, they were walking with him, but they didn't recognize him just yet. The reality is that only Jesus can reveal himself to you. It's Jesus initiated. So they're walking, but they, they're missing him because Jesus has to reveal himself to you. And you need a revelation of God in order to recognize him. You need a revelation. You need an experience. You need something real in order to recognize Jesus. So you, 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 you must understand this. You and the secular atheist professor will read the same Bible, but you will see radically different people. 
And you will have radically different results because one reads for head knowledge and the other reads for spiritual awakening. The one that searches for Jesus will see him. But you've got to search for him. And in proximity is not enough, obviously, because they're walking right next to him and they miss him. You could be in the church and you can miss him. You could be married to a Christian that sees him and you could miss him. You could be walking in the right direction. You've got good morals, good stances, good family. You're a good person and still miss the goodness of God. You could be here today this close and still not have a revelation, an encounter, an awakening with the risen Savior. You must have this experience in order for life to begin to be transformed because one revelation shifts your perspective. It changes everything. But you gotta, you've got to recognize him. You've got to long for him. You've got to search for him. You've got to see him. Jesus says this, for truly I say to you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see. And they did not see it. They wanted to hear what you hear. And they did not hear it. All that came before Jesus was just a type or a shadow leading to the fullness of the revelation. But you and I, we can see Jesus living, active, real. Your spiritual eyes can be opened. Your soul can be arrested by him. You can experience his spirit and salvation. You have a great honor that the patriarchs and the prophets did not get to experience that you can walk with Jesus, recognize Jesus, know Jesus, and be known by Jesus. This is life changing. If they got the dim preview, they got the type, they got the shadow, they got the character, but they didn't get Jesus, who is the true and the better. Jesus is the true and better Abraham, who left his father's tents and journeyed to a land, seeking one whose builder and maker would be God. Jesus is the true and better Isaac, who willingly got on the altar allowed himself to be bound, uh, obeyed the voice of his father. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And allowed the father to make him the sacrifice for the remission of all sins. Jesus is the true and better Jacob who founded the house of God, Bethel, and set himself up as the chief cornerstone and poured out his spirit upon that place and opened up a portal, an entryway, access to heaven so that the anointing and presence of God could ascend from the people and descend from the throne. They were just the types, but Jesus is the real thing. And when you begin to peer into scripture, Christ will appear. And the more you look closely, the clearer he becomes. The word of God is like a divine mosaic. In a mosaic, the, the tiles are individual and separate, different colors, different sizes. But when you back up and you look at them, they, they reveal a portrait. That's how scripture works. All of the stories, 
all of the circumstances, all of the prophecies and promises, all of the kings and queens, they all blend together to reveal the image of Jesus Christ. This is the image that we are searching for. Or have you ever looked at one of those 3D stereograms? This is for all my 90s kids out there. You remember these books? And the only way to see the 3D image within the 2D image, you remember what you had to do? You had to put your nose right up against the book. And then you had to cross your eyes. And then slowly pull away. And some sort of magic began. For those of you watching online, you can do this right now. Press pause. Seriously, these people online, they're seeing Jesus right now. Go home, try it. And when you pull away and you, you, you get the revelation of the image that's within the noise, the truth is when you bring your nose close to the Bible and you relax your eyes and you open your mind and you open your spirit, as you read, God will reveal himself to you. And through the noise, you'll see the sun clearer and brighter. But you must look to Jesus. Remember that hymn, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus? Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. Where's awakening worship? And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and Come on, give yourself a round of applause. It's good old Baptist church in here on Sunday morning. <laughs> the truth is when you do begin to look at Jesus, your perspective begins to shift and the world grows dim. The world that you used to love, that you were obsessed with, that lens grows dirtier and dirtier, dimmer and dimmer, dimmer, dimmer and dimmer, more and more useless. When you begin to come close to God, your focus your clarity, the cloud that was once on you begins to dissipate. Like, like the woman that was just baptized, she, she, she referenced, I'm in the process of being healed. Well, what is that? That's looking at the face of Jesus. He's done much and he has more to do. And the closer I get to him, the more he shows himself to me. This is how to live my son. This is how to forgive my daughter. This is how to move forward in life. This is, this is what it looks like to follow me. But you've got to turn away from the old. And you've got to turn away from the current circumstances. Because if you just focus on the here and now, you'll always be tempted to hopelessness. And that's where these disciples were on the road to Emmaus. They were in a hopeless place. They even tell Jesus, we had hoped that he was the one to redeem. We hoped, but now we're hopeless. And you know, the whole time on that walk with Jesus, they told him everything that was wrong. They complained about their religious leaders. They complained about their government leaders. They complained about the current circumstances they're in. They, they were caught up and they were confused. They said, we've heard rumors of resurrection. We've heard rumors of miracles, but we haven't seen it with our own eyes. And, and, and it's almost like 
It's almost like we are these disciples walking today. We've got the same complaints. We've got the same confusions. Sometimes we have the same inability. Maybe we know someone got, got a miracle or someone got saved or God's moving somewhere, but I need to see it here. And the whole time they're walking with Jesus, they don't recognize that he's walking with them. I wonder how many times you and I have walked through things with God and not even known that God was walking through it with us. I wonder how much pain or crisis we walk through alone when we were not alone. I wonder in the funeral home or in that hospital room or in the middle of that fight or in the middle of that job loss or in that middle of the thing that you thought this is catastrophic and this is the end, if your spiritual eyes could have been opened, you would have seen Christ walking as your constant companion. That's why David could say, even when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death itself, I'm not going to be afraid. Well, how's it possible? Because he's with me. He's with me. But how do we recognize him when he's with us? If that's true, how do we recognize him? And why did they not recognize him? How did they, they were his disciples. How did they miss him? How did, it's not even that he looked different because when he appeared to the other disciples, they recognized him. How did they miss him? Well, we know that you can only recognize Jesus if Jesus shows himself to you. And I think simply they missed him because they never asked for him to reveal himself to them. If you read, they start complaining, they start catching them up, but they never ask, who are you? It's as simple as that. They never ask for a revelation. Therefore, this whole time, they don't receive a revelation. And this is how God works. You have to ask, Lord, let me see you. Lord, show me yourself right now. Remember, Moses said, Lord, show me your glory. I want to see your face. God, I, I want a glimpse of you. You've got to ask. You have not because you ask not. And they're walking this whole way alone and in despair. But one simple question would have changed the entire situation. Who are you? Reveal yourself to us. Because in one moment... God can show you who he is. And with that comes his power, his might, his foresight, his courage, his prophetic unction, his spirit, his strength. You don't just see Jesus without receiving all that Jesus enables. But you've got to ask for a revelation of who he is. And they never asked. Hosea says, my people, they perish because of lack of knowledge. And this isn't knowledge that you just gain from a, a book or a, 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 an institute of higher learning. We don't perish because of that lack of knowledge. We perish because of lack of spiritual knowledge. Because only knowledge of Christ brings eternal life. My people walk into destruction because they don't know God. But the good news is God will reveal himself to you. Even when you don't know what to do, what to say, or how to ask, if you have that desire, God will reveal himself to you. Why? Because it's God's desire to reveal himself to his people. 
That's the wholeness of the gospel, that God came to reveal himself. And so Jesus, knowing that they can't know, who, that they don't know who he was, he rebukes them and says, don't you know, I had to fulfill all of the scriptures. And then the Bible goes on and Jesus says that uh, he begins to show them, beginning with, the, with Moses and all of the prophets, he interpreted to them in all of scripture, the things concerning himself. Not some of scripture, all of scripture. Why did he do this? Because they couldn't see him. And so he says, I'm going to show you who I am and I'm going to bring you to scripture. Jesus is in the entirety of the Bible. And he begins to walk with them like he'll walk for us, with us and show us who he was, who he is from the very beginning. In the book of Genesis, he's the creator. In the book of Exodus, he's the deliverer. In the book of uh, Numbers and, and Leviticus and Deuteronomy, he's the divine lawgiver that leads men to God. In the book of Joshua, he is the captain of the Lord's hosts that leads his people out of the wilderness through the waters of baptism into the promised land. In the book of Judges, he is the judge. In the book of Ruth, he is the kinsman redeemer, the rescuer. In the book of Samuel, he is the one that finds the little shepherd boy in the field of obscurity and anoints him, rejects the one chosen by man, but elevates the one chosen by God to be a good shepherd over his people and to defeat the Goliaths that curse the people of God, to build up a strong tower and a mighty nation. In Kings and Chronicles, he establishes a Davidic covenant, eternal and long-lasting with King David, promising that his house will be established on the earth and one of his sons will rule and reign over a kingdom forever. Thank you, Lord. In the Proverbs, he reveals himself as wisdom, crying out in the streets for anyone that would listen. And in the Psalms, he reveals himself as refuge, redeemer, shield, waymaker. In the prophets, he reveals himself as the long-suffering servant, waiting to bring his people back to himself. And in the gospels, he reveals himself as the way, the truth, and the life. The one sent from God, dwelling among mankind to bring them to the saving knowledge of God. But he's not done there, because in the book of the Acts of the Apostles, he continues the work and he builds his church, and the gates of hell cannot stand against the onslaught of a mighty God. And in the epistles, he is the grace that grows the church and brings all mankind to the saving knowledge of Jesus. And in the book of Revelation, he comes as conqueror, king of kings, lord of lords, mighty in battle, savior, redeemer, revelation of God's strength. And he comes and he restores and redeems and makes all things new, a new heaven and a new earth and a new city, and a new people because of who he is. From Genesis 
to Revelation, all of Scripture bow at the might of his coming. He is what your soul has been searching for. Jesus is the God of salvation. And the scriptures exist to bring us to a recognition of Jesus as our Lord and as our own Savior. And so the question I have for you today is, do you want to receive that revelation of Jesus in your life? All you have to do is simply ask, Lord, show yourself to me. It's a very, very simple prayer that I believe God will absolutely answer. If you pray it in the morning, if you pray it in the evening, if you pray it every time you read your word, if you just say, Lord, open my mind as I read your word and reveal yourself to me, God will answer that prayer. Simple prayer, Lord, reveal yourself to me. And I want to give you the opportunity right now to pray that prayer. We just bow your heads and close your eyes. We're going to pray together. And I believe God's going to hear this prayer. Maybe, maybe you've never, ever prayed a prayer of salvation. Today's your day where God can become your all, your, your forgiveness, your healer. Or maybe you're in this place and your, your relationship with God has grown dim and it needs to be awakened again. You need that fire in your heart to burn bright again. I believe when you pray this prayer, God will answer it. Maybe you're here and you're searching. You're searching for truth. You're searching for what's real. Maybe you're like those people walking alone on your own path, your own road, and, and you're being followed by destruction or depression or oppression. But, but God has brought you here today because he's going to begin to walk with you. And all you have to do is simply ask, Lord, Jesus, reveal yourself to me. And he will answer that prayer. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Will you just repeat after me? Just say, Lord, open my mind as I read your word and reveal yourself to me. Lord, I want to see you. I want to recognize you. I want to be changed by you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I believe God will answer that prayer. And for some of you, he's going to answer it this week with a divine sign, with a wonder, with a confirmation or a conversation. He's going to reveal himself. We hope you feel encouraged by this message and that Jesus would reveal himself to you in a new way. One revelation of Jesus can alter your perspective on everything. We encourage you that if you're local to Rhode Island, take your faith to the next level and join us on Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. for Presence Nights. As a church community, we gather together and we pray and we pursue God's presence. And of course, Sunday's coming just around the corner. Join us on Sunday morning at 9.15 and 11 a.m. For all of the info on our church services and more, visit awakeningchurch.org. God bless you, Awakening.